Good morning, everybody. If I could ask you to um, find a seat somewhere. If you can't find one downstairs, there's plenty upstairs, but uh, do keep the ones downstairs for our guests this morning. Well, welcome to our morning service, whether you're here in the building or you're, you're watching online. Particularly warm welcome if you are a, a visitor or a newcomer here this morning. It's great to, to have you with us. Um, today is a special service for two reasons. This is, as it says here, a guest service for the coronation. Uh, we're going to be looking back at the coronation service that took place yesterday, praying for King Charles, um, but in the context of the worship of our King Jesus, the King of uh, the universe. Uh, but also Callum and Rebecca Overton are presenting their baby son Dale to the Lord giving thanks uh, for his new life, declaring themselves uh, to his Christian uh, upbringing. And it's great to have so many of your friends and family here this morning to join in that special occasion. I don't know if you watched the coronation service yesterday, um, but we're going to be using some of the the prayers and readings from that service this morning. Uh, The service, you may recall, started with a greeting, a greeting to the king by a young person. Um, He said these words, he said, Your Majesty... As children of the kingdom of God, we welcome you in the name of the King of Kings. And King Charles replied, in his name and after his example, I come not to be served, but to serve. King of Kings and Lord of Lords is the title given to Jesus in the Bible. And King Charles is acknowledging that although he reigns over this country, he does so under the kingship of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. And just as Jesus came to serve his people, so is King Charles following his example. One of the prayers that was said yesterday was um, that known as the, the Gloria in Excelsis, which means glory to God in the highest. It's based on the song of the angels at the birth of Jesus, which you can find in Luke's Gospel in the Bible. And we're going to pray that prayer now. I'll use a um, slightly more modern translation, one in English as well. So let's pray the start of our service. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Well, if you were watching the the service yesterday and were wondering, I haven't got a clue what's going on here, what is all this uh, symbolism and stuff, um, what is really happening, Uh, I'm going to watch a short video now which hopefully the children will enjoy as well, which will try and explain some of the stuff that was uh, going on. So watch carefully, because we're going to have a little bit of a quiz afterwards just to see how attentive you were. Um, So enjoy. (laughs) On the 6th of May, 2023, King Charles III will be crowned as king. He is the 40th monarch to be crowned at Westminster Abbey. The first one, was William the Conqueror, who was crowned all the way back in 1066. Lots of the traditions in a coronation have stayed the same for hundreds of years. During the ceremony, the king makes promises to serve, 
He is anointed with oil. He is given precious objects. And then he is crowned. And we might expect that a king with so much fame and power would demand that we serve him. But King Charles has promised to use his life serving us. When his mother, Queen Elizabeth II, died, he honored her life of serving others. And then he said, wherever you may live and whatever may be your background or beliefs, I shall endeavor to serve you with loyalty, respect, and love. But King Charles isn't the only king who was chosen to serve. The Bible tells us that there is a king of the whole universe who was coming to the world to serve us, King Jesus. Jesus said he did not come to be served, but to serve. And he showed it again and again as he healed the sick, as he ate with outcasts, and ultimately, as he died on the cross to pay the price for all that we've got wrong. King Jesus is our true and forever servant king. And the coronation is full of things that remind King Charles and us that this is true. The king is given the sovereign's orb, a golden globe topped with a cross. It was made in 1661. As we look at this, we can remember that Jesus is the true king over all the world. He also receives two scepters, golden rods with a cross and dove on top. These are based on shepherd's crooks. As we see them, we can remember King Jesus, the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. Finally, the king is crowned with St. Edward's crown. It is topped with a cross, decorated with 444 jewels and weighs almost two and a half kilograms. When we look at this incredible crown, we can remember King Jesus. His crown was not made of jewels, but made of thorns, as he came to serve us by dying in our place. As we celebrate the coronation of King Charles III, let us also celebrate that Jesus is our true and forever servant king. And let us pray for King Charles, that God would help him as he seeks to serve us. Great, well, let's see if you were paying attention. Um, first of all, first question, who was the first king to be crowned at Westminster Abbey? And in what year? Yes, Lucas, hand up straight away, well done. William, William the, what's his long name? Can you remember William the Con, Conqueror? That's right. And what, can you remember what year it was? 10, that's right. 1066, yeah, brilliant, well done. And how many kings and queens have been crowned in Westminster Abbey now, altogether? Somebody else, maybe give, give them a chance over here. Yes, Olivia. 40 is the right answer. Well done. Um, what were the gifts? I mean, he was given loads of gifts yesterday, wasn't he? Um, but what were the particular gifts that we saw in the video? Can you remember any of those particular gifts that we saw that were given to, to King Charles? Yes, Holly? 
There was an orb, yeah. Can you remember the orb? That was that golden globe with a cross on the top of it, symbolizing that Jesus is the king of the world, the true king. Um, An orb, what else was there? Jewels, yes, jewels. And where were the jewels? Or a lot of the jewels. How many many jewels on the crown, anyone remember? Olivia? 444. Good number to remember, isn't it? Yeah. Um, What does the crown remind us of? We think of the crown on King Charles. What crown did Jesus wear? Look, you're doing well today, aren't you? Can't see where all the other children are today, yeah? Yeah, come back to the swords. Um, What was the crown? What, What crown did Jesus wear? Can you remember? Sorry? Crown of thorns, sorry, I thought you were saying sword. Thorns, yes. Well done, sorry, I'm hearing. Um, crown of thorns, yeah, Jesus wore a crown of thorns when he went to the cross. Again, he served us by giving his life for us on the cross as a servant king. Anything else that was seen on the video? Any other gifts? Two scepters, thank you, thank you. Um, what did they remind us of? Shepherd's crook. Because Jesus is the good shepherd. He came to give his life for the sheep by laying it down for the sheep. So it reminds us of that. And if you remember on the top of the, the, the scepter was, um, there was the cross and a dove, wasn't there? It didn't tell us on the, on the, uh, the screen, but did, um, anybody know what the dove symbolized maybe? That's a little bonus point. This is my question because we didn't get the answer for that one. Um, yes, Olivia. Sorry? Peace. Yeah, sort of, sort of. Um, symbolizes part of the Godhead. Not the Father or the Son, but the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the dove symbolizes the Holy Spirit because when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down on him like a dove. So the dove symbolizes the Holy Spirit. Well done, um, paying attention to all of that. Um, the video finished by encouraging us to pray for King Charles. So we're going to do that now. That's what the Bible teaches us to do, to pray for kings and all those in authority. So let's pray for King Giles now, shall we? Our Father in heaven, we pray today for our new King Charles III. Grant him your peace as he commits himself again to your service. Give him strength and perseverance as he promises to serve us all as king. May he know you're walking with him day by day. Help him to fulfill his vows and promises. And may he follow the example of Jesus, the ultimate king of kings. May you bless the king. Amen. And let's continue in our prayers and continue to pray for King Charles. Our Father in heaven, we do... Continue to pray for King Charles. We thank you for a, a monarch who publicly, publicly describes his faith as deeply rooted. And we ask that his roots in you will grow ever deeper and be the source of much fruitfulness to your glory. <coughs> thank you for his decades of service on behalf of young people, for his eager championing of housing that nourishes family and community, for his practical work and passionate advocacy for the protection of your creation nationally and globally. And Lord, in this new phase of service, may Charles know you and the depth of your love ever more richly. May he look to you for wisdom, to know when to speak and when to stay silent, 
for courage to choose what is right, even if it is unpopular, and for your strength and peace in times of pressure and storm. May he be a source of refreshment and hope wherever he goes, whether to palace or factory, field or office, in this land, in the Commonwealth, and beyond. Where wounds are unhealed between nations and communities, we pray you would work through him to bring reconciliation. And where friendship already flows, enable him to forge even deeper bonds of trust and cooperation. Help him, Lord, as head of the Church of England, to live and share the truth and beauty of Christ with grace and to protect the rights of all his citizens to worship freely according to their convictions. We also pray for Queen Camilla and her hard work for many causes, particularly on behalf of women and children suffering from abuse in the UK and internationally. May her union with Charles be a source of delight and strength for them both. Bring reconciliation and joy in their wider family. And grant them daily refreshment through your word and the mighty power of your Holy Spirit. Father, we pray for all the communities in which we live and for the different street parties taking place today. We pray you will use them to bring people together, to develop strong relationships, and to be aware of and care for those in need. We pray for those in our own church in need at this time. pray for those grieving the loss of loved ones. Remembering in particular John Hooper, Kathy Bishop and Sally Kessel and their respective families. That you would grant them comfort and peace at this time. For our young people studying for exams, we pray you would help them to concentrate. pray you would take away any fears and anxieties they may have. And help them to trust in you for their future. And for those who are unwell with physical or mental health issues, we pray for healing. And particularly pray for Simon Howard this morning facing a potential operation this week. We pray as he goes for a scan, we pray for wisdom for those treating him, that they will know the best thing to do for him. And we pray that you would bless the rest of our time together this morning, that you would speak to us now through your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when King Charles was given a Bible yesterday, it was described as the most valuable thing this world affords. Um, Rebecca's granddad, David, is uh, going to come and bring us our Bible reading now from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20, verse 17 to 28, before Colin comes up to preach. Well, good morning to you. Uh, my name's David, and uh, I'm glad to be doing this reading uh, because it gives me a chance to thank you for your very kind hospita- hospitality to Anne and myself uh, when we first came to Tame uh, 15 months ago. So thank you for your many, many kindnesses. And now uh, let us... Uh, Proceed to our reading, which we've heard is in St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 17 to 28. For those of you who want to follow, 
in your own Bibles, uh, then if it's a large print Bible, uh, you'll be on page 1502, 1502. If it's a normal size text, you'll be on page 988. Now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. And on the way, he took the twelve aside and he said to them, We are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. Then, the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked favor of him. What is it you want? he asked. She said, grant that one of the these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You do not know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup that I am going to drink? We can, they said. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard this, they were indignant with their brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great amongst you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as a son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Thanks be to God for this reading. Thank you, David, for reading. Uh, let's come to God now in prayer. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you freely uh, this morning, that we can come to worship you, to hear from you and your word. And we pray that you would help us to be transformed by it, that we would meet with the risen Lord Jesus, the King, and that he would change us to become more like him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's obviously quite a special weekend uh, this weekend as we think of the coronation of the King uh, and uh, the Queen uh, Camilla. Uh, throughout the ceremony, as you watched it, I'm sure uh, there were many special moments, many poignant moments that happened throughout the day. 
And there, there were many different items, as we saw earlier, that were presented to the king and to the queen as well. Uh, I wonder if you can remember what they were. We had some, some spoilers earlier. So the first one is, is this. What is this? Easy, easy. One mark answer. <laughs> it's, a, it's a crown. But it's St. Edward's, St. Edward's crown is the name of it. Uh, it was made in 1661 for King Charles II and late uh, Queen Elizabeth II also wore it at her coronation too. And then we have this. What, what is this? This isn't, this wasn't something that we covered in the video. It is a sword. That's right. Uh, the sword. Uh, and the sword is symbolic that the king would reign with with justice and not judgment, uh, with mercy and not might, as we heard uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury say. It also represents uh, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then thirdly, there's this. Um, it is a bit of a peculiar object, but as we saw in the video, it is called the orb the orb the orb or the sovereign orb it represents the king's symbolic power over the christian world obviously we have the cross on top and there are three parts to it split into three of the the three known continents in the medieval world and then lastly there are these which were in the video and these are called the two scepters the two scepters or they can also be called one scepter and one rod Uh, They're symbolic of the king's power on earth and of, as we saw the the Holy Spirit, the symbolic power, the spiritual power, because the king is the head of the Church of England. And in many of these uh, items and articles uh, given to the king and to the queen, they really have one thing in common, one theme in common, if you like. Uh, They are symbols of power, different types of power, different forms of power, but power nonetheless. Which really, when we think about that, obviously we see that the king has power, the queen has power, but when we think of our own lives, it might lead us to ask, well, how do you use your power? How do you use your power? We're certainly not kings and queens, or not to my knowledge at least, but we do have some power, some influence in our lives. Whatever age and stage we might be in life, We all have some power and some influence in life. The question is, how do we use it? Because as we think of power, uh, we're thinking of that in the firstly that we see that that we often we often want it. We often want power. We see that from our, our passage uh, from verse 20 uh, with the desire of the mother. Uh, she, sees, she sees her two sons and she wants her two sons to have power, to have uh, some status. She wants them to be seated with Jesus, to be given powerful positions along with him. And so she asks him in verse 21, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. She wants them to have power and influence, that they wouldn't need to suffer and struggle through life, but that they would be able to have that influence, to be in control of everything and not have to worry about anything. Because in one way, we're certainly not kings and queens, but we do all want to have some power of influence. We want to have that power to be able to shape our lives the way that we would want 
Maybe as you think about power and influence, one of those things that you see most commonly these days is online. You see people who live out their lives online, that they are professional influencers, that they are people online who influence others, that they would have power in how they shape people's thoughts, either for the good or for the bad. And yet many of us, probably not influencers, probably not on social media like that. Maybe some of us don't know what social media is. But surely we do want that kind of influence, do we not? We want some power and influence to shape people's lives. And we do want it, whether whether we want power to have the remote control to, to watch Strictly Come Dancing or not, or something else. We want to have that influence and power, that say to be able to influence and shape things going forward. We might want to be able to have the power to be uh, be a leader in in our company. It might be something even to just have charge at home, that we would want to be in control. We want to be in charge of our lives, to do what we want to do, and to be able to tell others what they should do. We want to be king of our lives, if you like. And yet so often, as we see in the passage, We don't know what it means to have power. Because this is the madness, the craziness of the mother's request for her two sons. She does not understand the cost. As Jesus has just finished telling his disciples in verse 17 and 18, that he will be condemned to death, tortured and crucified. And so she does not understand He speaks, Jesus speaks about drinking the cup. He's speaking about drinking the symbolic cup of God's wrath described in the Old Testament. As Jesus will go to the cross to bear the wrath of God for the punishment for sin, for all of our sin. And so when Jesus says to them, when she's asking for a position, for her sons to have position, he says, you do not know what you're asking. And to which they say, we do. They have not got a clue. Because to follow Jesus is costly. To follow Jesus is costly. And this is the case as we looked around the world. We see that as Christians today are persecuted for their faith. That they follow Jesus and risk their lives doing so. But they do so knowing that the cost is worth it. That following Jesus is worth it. As true power is sacrificial. It is sacrificial. That we might initially perhaps seek power, but then after a time actually we realize the cost of that. And this is true for King Charles. As he initially he spoke of his impatience in becoming and not becoming king, he's had to wait almost 70 years to do so. But in that process, he has surely learned the cost of what it means to have authority and power. That's in contrast to the queen who was, who was made queen almost instantaneously as a, as a child when her father died prematurely. And she had to learn the cost of power very quickly. And so when we think of power, uh, we realize that we, we often want it, but secondly, we all know the problem with it. We know the problem with it. After the request for positions in the kingdom with Jesus, the other ten disciples, well, they are annoyed at James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And Matthew tells us that Jesus, he called them together, all the disciples, and he said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. 
Jesus says that the, the Gentiles, that is the non-Jewish people, they are lord, they love to lord it over others. And what does that mean, lord it over? It means to, to dominate, to seek to use their power for themselves rather than serve others with their power. When we think of our own lives, maybe with our own influences and power, if we're left to our own devices, surely we don't use power the way that we know we should. There's a very famous quote by Lord Acton, who once famously said, All power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Often today, people will claim that power is the problem. If we can just get rid of power in some way, if we can tear down the people, tear down the structures that have power, then in some form or fashion, things will be better. As they say, it's power that corrupts. And this is really, when we think of the history of the monarchy, this has put a spotlight on the monarchy, especially in recent times, on the use of power in the history of their existence in light of the British Empire and so on. And so some say that paying reparations or simply just getting rid of the monarchy is the solution to tear down this power. As there were some terrible things done in history, and we cannot deny that. And yet so so often those people who would point to the things that were done terribly 200 years ago are the same people who will not say sorry for the things that they did 20 minutes ago. And yet... At the same time, we, we realize that in our own hearts, don't we? We're not aware of our own sinful hearts. Because in reality, the biggest problem is not power. The biggest problem is sin. Our sin. As the Bible tells us that it's not power that corrupts. It's sin that corrupts. And absolute sin corrupts absolutely. The problem that each one of us has is not, not with power but with our sinful hearts. And the more the ways that we have of expressing that, especially as you think of online influences, the more, the worse it gets, the more sinful things become because we are so selfish by nature. We do the things that we want to do no matter the cost. And there's also the complaint about about men, especially. Uh, we think of the king being crowned. We think of the, the influence of power that men have in community, in society today. Uh, recently, I'm reading through a book uh, by a guy called Al Stewart, an Australian, very straight-talking Australian. And in the book, it's called The Manual, with the subtitle, Getting Masculinity Right. And in it, he says this. He says, masculinity is fundamentally about how men use their power. When it is done in a healthy way, masculinity will serve and bless those it touches. His point is that as men, we do have power. The question is, how do we use it? Do we use it to serve ourselves or do we use it to serve others? Some today say that one of the biggest issues with men is that they are But they're either too passive and lazy, they don't make a decision about anything, they don't take initiative, they don't take leadership as they should. Or on the other hand, they dominate. They are micromanagement, micromanaging, 
They domineer over people. And they stray into what is often popularly called toxic masculinity. Neither of these things honors God, neither to be passive nor domineering. But in response to this idea, in response to these two ideas, Al, he says, he says, uh, healthy masculinity is a willingness to take responsibility and use the power you have to care for and nurture those around you. The key question is power. How do you use it? To serve others? Or to serve yourself. As we should as men not become like doormats, uh, being passive, not taking initiative, not taking the lead on anything. And nor should we become dictators to domineer, to demand things of people. Instead we, we use our power to serve just like Jesus. And that really, as you think of the, the coronation yesterday, there was a moment where King Charles, he was on his knees, dressed in white, in plain white, as he began in that humble position, promising not to wield his power by force, but to show his power through love and service, as he follows the example of the servant king, the Lord Jesus. And so when it comes to power, we often, we often want it, uh, we see the problem with it. And lastly, we bow before Jesus who displays it. As Jesus speaks about the, the Gentiles, the, the non-believing, uh, the non-Jewish people, uh, he talks about their power and he, and how they use it. And he turns to his disciples and says, not so with you. Don't be like them. Instead, who, whoever wants to become great among you, you, you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus' teaching on the use of power is radically different. He says if you want status, you need to be willing to humble yourself. If you want to have power, then you need to be willing to give up your own. If you want to be great, Well, you need to have the mindset of a servant, even to a slave, the lowest of the low. That you wouldn't seek your own good, but that you would seek the good of all others in your life. Because Jesus' kingdom is an upside-down kingdom. It is the complete opposite of what the world would tell you to do and how to use your power. You think of perhaps in the workplace... The, the world in the workplace would, would say to you, just get your job done. It doesn't matter about other people. Just do you. You cannot, it doesn't matter what they do. You must do your thing and ignore them. But Jesus says, no, actually, if it costs you time, and even if it costs you results, you should be seeking to serve, to lay down your rights and to help others. And that was reflected in the coronation time and time again as King Charles committed himself to serve the true and ultimate King Jesus. Because true power is displayed in service. True power is displayed in service. And we see that as the Lord Jesus speaking of himself. He says, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. To follow Jesus' example is a, is a good thing, but that's not 
primarily why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come to be our example. Jesus is not our example king. He is our saviour king. Jesus came from the throne of heaven and displayed his love for us in laying down his life for us on the cross. That we would be forgiven for all of our sins. He displayed his life. He displayed his love for us in giving us his life. He takes our place as on the cross. He is the innocent one took our sins as the guilty ones. That in exchange, we would receive his royal, righteous robes. And now in Jesus, as we come before the king, trusting in him, we come before him clothed in his robes, in majesty, honor, and holiness. All because of what he has done for us on the cross. And therefore we bow before the king. We bow before him robed in his robes of righteousness. He is the king of kings and lord of all. And so therefore we bow before him. The question is that each of us has to answer is, have you bowed before the king? Have you surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus? the servant king, the one who gave his life for us. Won't you come to him this morning to know him as your king, to be robed in his righteousness, that you would come before him humbly to receive forgiveness and know him as your Lord and king, to be part of his kingdom forever. Let me pray as we close. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who has come to give us life by laying down his life. And we thank you, Father, that you have, you have shown your love in giving your Son for us. And we pray that you would forgive us for the times that we grasp at power, that we would give it over to you, that we would seek to not serve ourselves, but serve others, just as Jesus did for us. Help us, Lord, if we are not yet trusting in you, that we would bow before you, that we would surrender our lives to you as the King and come and receive your righteousness and forgiveness. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you enjoyed your time with us this morning. Um, if you'd like to pray with somebody, uh, there'll be a prayer team over in this corner. And uh, whether it's something that you felt God speaking to you about this morning or just something that uh, you're grappling with at this time, do please seek prayer for that. Or look out for the guys with the red lanyards. Um, they'll be very happy to pray with you. Maybe just with a person sitting next to you, just um, ask them. I'm sure they'd love to, to pray with you. Let's close now in prayer. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Saviour be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now 
and forevermore. Amen.